And what I did was I removed all cars and all presence of uh, human beings, like people walking on the sidewalks and in the background. I removed everything digitally. So the idea was to create a kind of dystopia that doesn't look really like a dystopia, because in general, in the history of and in the film history, the idea of abandoned cities are always accompanied by uh, by a disaster or something that happened. But uh, I really liked the idea to create images that look as usual, like nothing happened, like the daily life uh, in the city, but something is strange because it's also silence. Uh, there's no one moving, nothing, just uh, the trees, the wind, uh, some birds that are flying. And I think the timing of the film now, maybe, is not the best because everybody would think Uh, okay, these images were filmed during the pandemic and I think we are also like a little bit used to these kind of images already. So these days I was thinking <laughs> if I would have managed to finish this film like two years ago already, then I think it would have a different meaning. But still, I think it's also interesting that it is uh, released now in this moment. <laughs> I mean, the images are synthetic in a sense, that they are created. They are more expression of a will. I mean, the absence of the man is not just a fact, it's the expression of your will, so why? Then I need to explain how these images were like created and at what point of my life, because I stayed for three months in Los Angeles in 2017 because I, I got granted a fellowship, an artistic residency, and so I knew that the city would influence uh, the project that I would develop in that time. And then I was like trying to discover the city by, by walking with a bicycle, which is impossible in Los Angeles because it's so... Uh, made for cars and I was like really desperate at some point then I really had this idea okay what happens if I would see the same city without any presence of human beings so basically I also removed the cars that are on parking 
in the image. So when people tell me, ah, you filmed this in the morning hours or like during the lockdown, then I say no, but then you would still see at least the parking cars in the city, but everything disappeared. It's really just the city as it is. And after like working hours <laughs> of removing the first images, it suddenly opened a lot of things to me. It raises a lot of questions because if you look at the images, I don't feel that I erased something or I reduced something. I, I think the absence of human beings enriches the image by creating a lot of thoughts, ideas, and you're looking out for traces or for something that you would recognize that give you an idea what happened or why the situation is as it is. So, And this was so interesting for me. It was like a long journey to finish this film and I reconnected with the footage again during the first lockdown last year in Berlin. And actually, the footage you see in the end of Berlin is the only footage that I actually really filmed during the lockdown. So this was like the circle closed and the project comes to an end. I mean, the structure of the film is based on the idea that okay, what happens if someone comes to Earth and finds the place as it is? So for that, the film starts with this kind of landing on a planet that we don't know what it is. Is it maybe another planet? And then step by step, you see the traces uh, of human presence, but more in a way of like uh, the deserted, abandoned places, like you mentioned before, and then suddenly we are in the middle of the city and we realize, okay, no, it's something is not as usual. Yeah, it's not just document, you search. So your position is, uh, the, and probably the position of the viewer also, is someone that searches something. This was your attitude, eh? Yes, absolutely. At the beginning it's more, in, in a way, contemplative. Also you, you install a sort of rhythm, but there is a sort of crescendo, a sort of uh, explosion of images. I was the idea to create something other, was at the beginning or it was in working in this abstraction <laughs> work that you did uh, digitally that finally you had the idea to create something? You know, working on a film like this, in my case, was very intuitive. It was not a film or a project where you have an idea and you know exactly how you are going to do it and where it ends and that you would submit to get film funding. No, this one was a completely free and independent process of developing something that I didn't even know where it would end. It is a very personal film because it represents my state of mind I was in when I when I started making this film because I was also a little bit searching for uh, the way that I want to develop as an artist, as a filmmaker. I wanted also to try something new. And my approach was always that I do the things as I feel they are right. So uh, talking about the first, you call it crescendo, which is actually a crescendo because it's uh, in the beginning the images are very silent and I like to work a lot with sounds and with the dramaturgy that uh, the sound creation can uh, create. And for me it was clear from the very beginning together with the sound artist Genuel von Lilienstern and Morten J. Olsen that the biggest challenge in this film is to tell silence in the sound because 
it's not easy to tell silence because for example we are sitting here in a room and of course you can hear people talking in the background but even if they would be out you always have like a kind of noise uh, it can be a white noise it can be a pink noise but you have a frequency and we knew that to tell silence we need to break the silence from time to time so that the silence becomes even more clear and present and for that the film has a very extreme dynamic between very silent parts and very loud parts that's <laughs> in the cinema here were like really loud <laughs> yeah so this was actually a big challenge and you would not know how much human presence is always part in sound recordings like even in the desert when i uh, did sound recordings also like with this with a, with a zoom with a microphone you would always like hear far away maybe an airplane or a car it's almost impossible to record or to find sounds recordings which are completely clean in the sense of uh, that they are without any kind of human uh, presence to tell the silence you need to break the silence and for me it was clear that there are some points some moments in the film that would create a huge contrast to the rest of the film was concretely the work with the sound designer or the sound editors because I think this was a, one of the main part of the task of creating a dramaturgy. I used to do everything by myself in my previous films. When I get to a point that I collaborate with people then I don't want them just to do something technical. I really want them to be part of the creation. And Genuel, he was together with me in Los Angeles in, as part of this uh, artistic residency. I really uh, admire his work. It was like this, I gave him parts of the film and I really said, okay, here it is, try to see what you will do with it. We just agreed on the fact that the sound design should be like very precise and there would be like very silent parts and very loud parts. And then he decided to bring in another artist, uh, Morton J. Olsen, He's uh, also a sound artist who works with percussions. So he was creating sounds that are on the border between artificial and natural. And we also did a very complex 7.1 mixing that we unfortunately couldn't present here in this uh, cinema, but we were really using the space of cinema to explore what we can do to create the sound. tunnel, I call it the infinity tunnel. Uh, this was something that came out of some ideas that I had to create a chaos. And then in the end, <laughs> it was such a huge uh, composition that just to render it out, it took like more than two days. that before this scene, this crescendo, we feel more the absence of man and after we feel more the presence of nature. 
I wanted to play with the expectation also of the viewers. Maybe it's a kind of hope that something better or new creates out of the destruction or that we have in this sequence, which, which is like, okay, pressing a reset button somehow. But just to destroy this illusion again, because you're right, it feels like first now the nature is somehow taking control again over this planet. The nature will become the most present thing. But then, step by step, again, the traces of human presence come back. Suddenly you see a street again. It's impossible to find places on this planet where human beings haven't made places had a meaning to me in the last years when I uh, made the film. The US part is like kind of dominant in the film, but also because I'm playing uh, with my socialization of images, because uh, for that we have this VHS layer in the film, which is also another part. The film consists of many like different, I would say, layers, like a composition. And of course it was my projection of America and also of Hollywood as a city that is not a place, it's a destination. And Berlin, it was just logical, it felt right to me to end in, in the city where I live and also to have this like very hard contrast from this very beautiful nature to this very grayish and dark Berlin because this is how most people would experience the city in most of the year <laughs> uh, maybe apart from the summer and the very last place in the film is probably the most personal place to me because it's uh, the flat of my grandmother and I filmed those images after she died and we had to empty her flat and she lived there more, more than 50 years I think so the flat was like a museum. And this footage I filmed, I think, in 2015. Yeah, she died in 2015. So I had no idea that one day this footage would make sense to bring it into a film that is called Die Große Lehre, The Great Void. Um, and then I was talking to someone who told me, okay, this film would make sense in, in a gallery, but not in a cinema. And I say, no, it only makes sense in a cinema when you have this concentration of sitting together with the people and you really like stay focused on uh, the screen. And, uh, and another person told me that at some point she fell asleep, but she woke up again in this crazy sequence. So, and this is, is not a bad thing for me, you know? There is a kind of meditation. I really like that now you are with yourself, but with one exception, Brecht. Why Brecht? Because when I discovered his poem again, um, I was feeling like he's really addressing me in that moment. He wrote this uh, poem just a few weeks before the Second World War started, and he was in exile in Denmark, 
and it's also the only recording that exists of his voice. He's starting also the poem with, uh, we live in truly dark times. He's starting in the present, but he's also addressing those who follow us. And this was exactly the idea, that somehow the film is a document that addresses those who follow us, who would see like how we lived. Ladies and gentlemen, I think this film particularly needs to be seen in the cinema and I hope that some audience will have the chance maybe later this year to discover this work on another festival maybe or in the cinema, let's, let's hope. <laughs> I still think we really need to have the films in the cinema.